Record. Hey everyone, this is Marissa Carpico, the film editor at thepopbreak.com. I am here with our TV editor, Matt Taylor. Say hello, Matt. Hey everyone. Um, and we are going to do a series on um, Oscar nominations. Usually we would just do a, a big reaction article, something that I would write that would be like a screed, but we're not doing that this year. We have an Oscar podcast and we're going to use it. Um, and we're going to record a lot of episodes. So we're going to do, uh, not each not each category is not going to get its own episode. We're going to double up on a couple and then um, some of them are special enough that they'll get their own. Um, <laughs> but today we're going to start with uh, the thrilling screenplay categories, uh, adapted and original. Um, and we're going to start with the adapted screenplays. So the nominations for those uh, are The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Klansman, Can You Ever Forgive Me, If Beale Street Could Talk, and A Star Is Born. Um, Matt, how do you feel about it? It's a pretty good lineup, I think. Like, there's nothing outrageous. Adapted is so interesting this year because I feel like almost all the big movies are adapted. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just like... So I really don't have any major complaints about mm-hmm. it. Um, though on... And we can go, go into individual um, analysis a little bit, but I'm kind of baffled that Buster Scruggs got on there for both just the fact that I felt like it had no buzz and then also just because it's not particularly great. Yeah, that is the big um, surprise of the category, I, I think. Um, I, we talked about it on the pod months ago when it first came out on Netflix, and and we were both like, this was fine, but like, I don't ever want to see it again, and I, I sort of resent the Coens. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's a weird one. I, 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 the Academy clearly really likes that movie because it has a couple nominations. I think they love the Coens. It's funny that, like, yeah. this happens all the time with bro directors, but, like, mm-hmm. the Coens have this reputation of being, like, these underdogs for some reason. But, I mean, there's nothing to back that up. Like, it's, no. they, they're, at this point, they're beloved. And, they are the yeah. establishment at this point. And it's just, it's just funny because Buster Shrug got some really weird nominations, and we'll be talking about them throughout these podcasts, so I don't want to, like, spoil our t- conversations for some of the later ones, but I just kind of like, really? Like, it's like, I don't know. Because there are some things I really liked about Buster Scrubs, and especially on a technical level, but I'm just like, come on, like, that's, like I said, every, I feel like every adapted screen, or every film that was big and had a big, buzzy script was adapted. So it's like, good, good nominations, but that could have gone to another great nomination. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I, first of all, I, I, confess i didn't know it was adapted from anything um (laughs) (laughs) second of all again it just seems like i know that they basically any any year that those two write a movie they get a nomination at this point um in the screenplay category it feels like at least um but yeah i don't know i mean like the writing wasn't particularly strong in my mind uh, the thing that we kept talking about when we watched it was that the performances were very, very good, and that mm-hmm. was sort of the most compelling thing, thing about them. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a it's a surprising choice. I, I don't think it, I don't think it will win, uh, considering it's the only like the rest of these are are nominated for more above the line sort of stuff. Um, basically, all of them have an acting one at least, and some of them are the best picture. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think that's going to happen, but who knows? It could happen. It could be the one thing the Coens get. This year is so weird where I don't put it past them to give it to them, but I, I don't think it will happen. I mean, they, they have 
they've definitely already gone for No Country for Old Men, but I and maybe Fargo as well. Um, I should have looked this up before, but um, they <laughs> they at the very least have more than one Oscar. So I don't think there's any narrative for them to get an Oscar for this movie. Yeah, I don't think so either. I wouldn't be surprised by it, but yeah, like we, I guess you know this is like two days, no, one day after the nominations rocked our worlds so um <laughs> people will hopefully understand why we're so baffled <laughs> and um, i did look it up and they they won screenplay for both no country for all men and fargo and then one directing for no country for all men mm. so, and they've yeah. been nominated since a bunch of times right or am i just projecting yeah no they were nominated for true grit a serious man bridge of spies which i totally forgot they um oh yeah wrote and oh brother where art though yeah, See, this is what I mean. I, they basically any year they make a movie, they get nominated at this point. I'm shocked. Inside Lewin Davis wasn't nominated. Like I, I, in my memory, that film was nominated, but I guess I don't know. Maybe that one's slipped the radar. Right. You know, we might just be mixing the Globes and the Oscars. Who knows? Who um, knows? <laughs> so the other, the next one, we we're gonna go through each one basically and sort of talk about prospects and what we we think about the, the nomination. Um, Black Klansman. Um, you're a big fan of that movie. I mean, I, that makes it sound like I'm not an, a, I don't like that movie, but it's very good. And, and the script is actually one of the best things about it. It is. It's a great script. It's funny. Um, I'm a total nerd and I have made my own nomination ballot every year since 2010. And <laughs> it actually did not make my top five for adapted screenplay because it was such a stacked year, but it is a really great script. And, you know, if you want to talk about what we think will actually win, I think there's a really big narrative to get Spike Lee an Oscar this year, which is totally deserved, um, yeah. because it's insane that his only nomination um, has been for Do the Right Thing, and, and a documentary he made. Um, like, he's just so incredible, like, one of, like, the most prolific filmmakers, but he's just so consistently snubbed. So I think he has a really good shot at winning, winning in screenplay for this. And it's deserved, like, it, I, I would not hate it. Like, it's a, it's a well-deserved win, even just for a legacy Oscar. Yeah. Um, can you ever forgive me? Or I, I'm sorry, we can. Is there anything else you want to say about Black Klansman? I, I just think it's a very good movie, and I'd be happy, really happy if it won, honestly. Oh, yeah, I think that's all I can really add about it. I think it's, I think it's a good screenplay. On a rewatch, um, I think there are a handful of scenes, and I mean, this is like really nitpicking, nitpicking, but like it hits a little too on the, on the nose with like the, hey, like, we don't have to worry about racists actually being elected, right? And I'm just like, mm. I'm like, all right, like, yeah, we, we get it. Like, yeah. we don't need, like, four scenes of it. But then the final scene is really powerful, so. Yeah. So, there yeah. are, like, oh, yeah, that final scene. Boy, that, I was, like, weeping in the theater. It was, it was, it's really, the editing there is, um, not to, <laughs> not to foreshadow another conversation, but um, the editing there is very good. <laughs> like, Yeah, that film's editing that. is incredible. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, that's yeah. It is really good. Um, but yeah, I'd like like to see that win. Yeah, there are things that are unsubtle about it, but I I like that about Spike Lee's films. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the subject matter he's dealing with, both in the past and the way he's tying it to the present, sort of merit it. So I for, for, forgive it. But you're right; it is the sort of most of the bombast. Well, other than Buster Scruggs, which insists upon itself, um, <laughs> is the most bombastic of the group. Um, the next one is probably the subtlest, honestly, yeah. uh, which is Can You Ever Forgive Me? Which is, I would love to see that one. It would be so nice. Um, yeah. I mean, I've talked about the, how much I love that movie so much. Uh, it's really powerful and a great mm-hmm. script. 
And I did not realize until um, nomination morning that Nicole Hollisoner has never been nominated before. And that's surprising to me because not that she's like the most prolific filmmaker, but her films, especially Enough Said, did make some like a quiet wave in their years. And she's the type of screenwriter who would just, in like you'd think, have a really good likelihood of being nominated in screenplay. Yeah. Well, her sister, she, her writing is so consistent and she's so good. Mm-hmm. No, I, I really, I'm such a fan of hers, and even though she didn't direct this film, I just think, I'm, I'm so happy for her, like, this is a great chapter in her career, and yeah. I'm happy she's nominated. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see it win, I, I think that, that movie is, uh, I have such affection for it, like, I liked it at the time, but the more time has gone on, the more I just, like, I think it's so lovely and, and uh, memorable, you know? Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to for it to be available at home. Oh. I, I rarely buy movies. Even when I really love them, but that's one where I do want to buy it and just like it's a great like rainy day movie. Yeah, absolutely. It's the kind of thing that I, I totally look forward to watching on um, a big screen or like a, a screen at all um, on like a snowy day in New York because it it's so much about that 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 the sense of living in in a New York that feels cold and deserted and maybe a little hostile. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, so the next one is If Beale Street Could Talk, which you've actually read, and I haven't because I'm a, a, a just a Philistine. <laughs> I I only read it when the movie was announced, which is <laughs> one of my, like, worst qualities of just, like, I act like I'm, like, some literature person, but really I'm like, oh, I want to read that before the movie comes out because I will never read it after I watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but, um, no, yeah, I did read it, and it's a very faithful adaptation. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm... Uh, I'm like 99% sure some of the dialogue and even some of the um, states or like direct, like um, stage directions, I guess for lack of a better word, um, are like lifted directly from the text. So it's very mm. faithful and it's, just, it's a beautiful script. I think I really, that I think that movie is very, like that's, that's not an easy task to adapt a Baldwin novel. And he did a really nice job. I thought. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I, in terms of like, I guess it's hard to say without us having read all of the original uh, pieces that they're adapted from, but that seems like a really hard bit of writing. And he, and he, even even as someone who was like sort of colder on the film, um, it, it does seem like a really hard thing to do to sort of like adapt such a distinct um, writer and and his language. And it does feel like it. Baldwin is all over that screen in a way that's really, I think, what makes it so excellent and why I, I don't understand, why I was so confused about why I didn't feel more passionate about it, you know? Yeah, you know, it's, and there's such pressure, and I mean, this is like an inside baseball way of viewing the nominations, but there's such pressure because it's the first ever Baldwin adaptation and the first time they ever trusted, a, like they, his estate trusted a filmmaker to adapt his words. So, I mean, like, it's not an easy, easy task and it requires a genuine passion that I think Barry Jenkins has for, I mean, he's talked so much on yeah. the TV trail about how much Baldwin means to him. So, yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love Barry. So I, I wouldn't mind him getting it either. And, and yeah, I wouldn't mind it. But again, I think for me at this point, it's can you ever forgive me? Um, although the final nomination is, um, I, boy, am I, I feel differently. I, I love a star is born and I watched it uh, the night before that we recorded this. Um, we're, we're posting these a little later because we're we have to record so many people. Give us a break. Um, <laughs> we're doing this all for you. We're banking them up for you, <laughs> listeners. It's all for you, Damien. Um, <laughs> oh God, what a reference! Um, 
A Star is Born. Uh, and I, I had some issues with the film, and I still think there are issues with the film, but, like, I do have to appreciate the way Cooper and um, the two other guys he wrote with, um, whose names are totally escaping me right now, um, uh, basically took it, that story and and got it pared it down to its most essential element, which is the the core romance. Um, and realistically, it's a very efficient bit of storytelling, considering that that story could be about two and a half hours long, or almost three hours, realistically, um, and has been in the past. So, to make it as potent as it is, with pretty often like very um like exposition not exposition but like very frank dialogue that is basically telling you exactly how people are feeling at any moment um and to not make it seem like bad is is impressive but maybe that's a question of, of performance but basically i i just think that his script is very good and uh, overall um i don't think it's one that that the movie would win right yeah, I, I'm actually surprised it got nominated, as not because of it, its quality. It's a great mm. script and a great movie. But um, just like, and this is so terrible, but I think the, in the Academy's mindset and a lot of audiences' mindset is that it's sort of like a cheesy romance film elevated yeah. by um, like the talent on screen, I guess. I don't know. And um, so I'm like... In, if I was in the Academy's mindset, I thought this would be the sort of thing that they that they would snub. So I I think it's indicative of their passion for the film more than anything. But um, and I'm happy. Like again, it didn't make my personal like top five that it screenplays for the year. But it's a really tight piece of writing, and I think there's like something to be said about the way Cooper and his co-writers can who like, who are by the way. Um... Uh, Eric Roth and let me get the next one. Uh, Will Fetters. Okay. Names I like literally forgot as soon as I had to say them. Um, <laughs> I think I've <laughs> heard of Eric people. Roth before. Yeah. I think Eric Roth is kind of known. Yeah, Will Fetters has done a lot of comedies too, so it is an interesting sort of um, adaptation. Fetters did Gump and, or I'm sorry, uh, Eric Roth did Forrest Gump and yes. Curious Case of Benjamin Button, so yeah, but kind of a no big deal, that guy. Um, but I, it's actually funny because I think what makes A Star Is Born so good is that they just know how to make a good mainstream American classic movie. Like, there are some yeah. scenes that are just so... Like, this is a very cliched term, but, like, a movie magic sort of thing. Like, like yeah. I love... I, the scene that a lot of people always talk about that I love is when Gaga sings in the parking lot. Like, that is such a good moment. And I yeah. am, like... That, that's that's a skill being able to just make moments that aren't exactly like you know they're not Shakespeare but they're just they're getting the audience excited and and like invested in the film yeah it's Hollywood filmmaking at its highest level um, in all the way in every way that that means it's about glamour it's about stardom and, and aspiration and, and about romance which is like so essential to what Hollywood is and, and I do have to say I, I, they do have to do a lot of adapting work when you think about a, how many they had so much work stuff to work from, like in theory, the rest of these, um, these nominees are working from basically one document, but in reality, Cooper and, and, and Roth and Fetters are working from basically four documents. They're working from the, uh, Streisand version, the Garland version, the Gaynor version. And then I'm sure they didn't read the original play who has, um, 
but realistically, they they have to take what they want from all all of those sources and distill it into something that makes sense. You know, basically like a hundred years later from the when that play was written. So like that's a that's a really tough thing to do. And the fact that they did it so well and succeeded where um, where the Streisand version failed so miserably is is really impressive. And and like it does deserve it. But I actually never would have thought about it unless the Oscars had told me to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the power of the Oscars. I mean, they, they they help form the narrative of the cinematic year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are the nominees. Um, you, I, I'm voting. I, I don't actually, I don't know. I think I'd actually like to see Can You Ever Forgive Me get it, just because it's such subtle, nice work, um, and it'll be the only thing it wins. But what do you win think? It. What do you think will win? Are, did you? Um... <laughs> That's tough. Um, I could see any of them because of campaigning and things like that. Yeah. Um. It's probably Black Klansman. I agree. I think Black Klansman will win. And uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me is my win, too. Like, my personal win. Like, we're we're aligned on this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, shocking, actually. I, I almost went to Star Wars Born, but, like, I don't know. I don't... They, they don't... Bradley and Gaga will work again. Uh, not that the Hall of Center and Spike Lee won't work <laughs> again, but I don't know. You know, <laughs> who knows? Um, but, yeah, uh, so those are the nominees. But we want to end all of these with uh, talking about what we think should have been nominated instead, if there, if anything. Um, I don't I don't really know if – well, I, you know what? I would have liked to see The Hate You Give on here. Mm-hmm. That's on um, my short list as well. I, I make, I'm a huge nerd, people. I have a spreadsheet for every year with, like, every film that I would consider, and I update it every time I see a movie. That's so. incredible. That's truly incredible, and I think you should read them every time we do one of these, basically, because I don't have that kind of content. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I look at these, and I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, maybe The Hate You Give. Is you available for, for Oscar nominations? <laughs> um, that's a television show. Uh <laughs> <laughs> the best television show of all time, actually. It's a great television show. They should put it up for the Oscars. All right. I'm an idiot. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. I think it would have been nice to see The Hate You Give. That would be the only one I think um, would have would have uh, made me happy to see on here just because it it didn't – it was so good and nobody saw it and it would have been nice for people to have a reason to see it or to be to be told about it, you know? Yeah, they botched the release of that one. Like, that movie should have been a huge – yeah, I don't know. This is a disaster. I don't know what happened there because it was. I mean, my my friend and I were sobbing in the theater. It is the mo- one of the most effective films I've ever seen. Um, any any others for you that you want to? For me, um, it's t- it's tough, but like. I really do wish Annihilation was on the adapted screenplay purely Ooh. because yeah, like purely because I've read the book and I think you did you did too. I've read the whole series, baby. Oh, well, I only re- I only had to read the first book for a class in school taught by some weird hippie. And, well, I, I bought the whole Southern Reach trilogy in an audio book, and I was like, "Well, I'm in for a penny and for the pound. I'm gonna I'm gonna get my money out of this." <laughs> it's um, and I just I didn't care for the book, and then. We, like, weirdly enough, the year I read the book um, was the same year Ex Machina came out. And oh. I hated Ex Machina. Not, not hated. Hate is a strong word. But I, genu- I, I really disliked Ex Machina. And it was one of the first cases of me just, like, really having, like, a d- disagreement with, like, 
the film bros of the internet and me being like, hmm, like maybe the internet's a bad thing. Matt, you <laughs> you and I are the same person, except I read the whole series. That's honestly the the ser- That's I have I share all your feelings that you've just shared. I, I this is why we're great podcast co-hosts. Exactly. Um, but no, basically, just I think what um, Alec Carlin does with taking a book that is has an interesting idea at its core, but is really flawed, and turning it into this like what I consider like a. a an instant sci-fi classic in my mind um, of just like bizarre and crazy cinema. Like I, I think that's really impressive and I, it's a very, it's how you should adapt works of um, literature. I think you are 100% right. And that should have gotten it over the ballad of Buster Scruggs. Uh, yeah, that anyway, <laughs> that's, that's, that's just a fact everyone. Um, all right. I think we're going to move on to um, original screenplay uh, unless you have any last thoughts. No, let's talk original. Yeah, um, original screenplay. So the nominees were, or are, <laughs> The Favorite, uh, First Reformed, Green Book, Roma, and Vice. Ooh, that's, um, I didn't re- realize what a nightmare that category is. Yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> that's a live reaction, everyone. Um, whew. Uh, all right, let's start with the favorite, the one of the films that we actually like on this list. Yeah, like literally, I think that might be the only one. <laughs> like, well, you like Roma. <laughs> I do like Roma, but I would not not like that is one. We're jumping ahead here, but like, I love Roma, but that script is like not in any way what makes that movie work. It's and, it's almost entirely visual. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know, when I consider what should win screenplay, it's truly about like the writing, and it's yeah. like, and I'm like you know Roma, great movie. The script. What? What is the script? <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Truly, it's literally just like directions and like stay with the kids and like. <laughs> I, I. I mean, maybe there's a lot of camera work written down, but I don't know. It. It does seem odd. This is my um, problem with the Academy, and we're going to be getting to this as we go through all these episodes. They just have like their nominations that just like I feel like the voters are like oh yeah that one and I'm like like, I like Roma so let's nominate it for anything intelligible for it I'm like no like it's like there are scripts that have no chance at getting like any attention except in the screenplay categories and I'm like get like show the love people but the favorite yeah Yeah, it's it's fascinating too because um in case people on the podcast do not understand how this works um the nominations are voted for by people who have basically won that category before or are writers. So you think they would be, I don't know, more interesting in their choices. I don't know. Um, but they're not, <laughs> you know? Um, but we should actually talk about the favorite. <laughs> yes. Let's please um, let's talk about the favorite. Yeah. We, people who've been listening to this podcast, um, I probably just people on the site realistically at this point um, have know that we love this. We saw this together. Um, the, the dialogue is fantastic. Uh, the ending is bad, but everything else is very, very good. Um, and I would not be ba- sad if this won. Uh, well, at, with this group, I would really be happy if it won. <laughs> yeah. I hope it wins. And honest, uh, I don't know. I, I might be jinxing it. I think it's going to win. Like I, I, I have some hope with the Academy on this one, yeah. but, um, I mean that dialogue is just incredible. Like it is, it is so good. And yeah. what what good like screenwriting is about? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I totally agree. And I think you're, I think you're right. I think it probably will win because the Academy loves Lanthimos. Um, well, I, it's not he, not he didn't write this one, but he like he made the film. Do you know what I mean? And he so, he's been nominated before for um, 
the lop the lobster, which is far less accessible. <laughs> so I, I hate that film. Um, but yeah, the favorite, like you know, I think the Academy clearly very much likes that film, and I don't know what else it's going to win. So this might be it, it's it's one the one that it gets. You know? Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. I'm, I'm very curious to see how this how this category plays out because it could go quite horribly. I think. <laughs> oh, it it it's almost only bad options. <laughs> um, speaking of bad options, uh, the next uh, nominee is First Reformed, my, my most hated film of the year. <laughs> it's so funny because I've been listening to a lot of other film podcasts. Um, basically, all I do, for those who don't know, is listen to podcasts when I'm not recording them. Um, and a lot of people love this movie, obviously, including yeah. many people who I greatly respect. But I just, like, yeah. it's funny because, for me, I really do think the writing has so many problems. And it's so, there are so many people who are like, oh, like, this sums up my fears about living in 2018 so well. And I'm like, does it? Like, it's Yeah, like, I didn't know I knew so many pretentious assholes. Yeah, it's the, I'm like, you know, like... Don't get me wrong, invi- we, need, we need to be more concerned about the environment, but it's like it's such a simplistic way of exploring that. And yeah. I don't it's know. a completely self centered way of exploring that. Mm-hmm. And I, there's a movie that is coming out. Um, I don't know when this, this podcast will be coming out, so I don't think I can talk about that film. Um, but I'm just saying that there is a movie coming out very soon that deals with it in a more interesting way and basically does almost the exact same thing but isn't so self-centered. We will have to talk because I don't know what movie you're talking about. I will tell you as soon as we stop recording. (laughs) Ooh, I'm excited. (laughs) Spoilers for everybody else. Sorry you don't get to be us. Um, (laughs) Yeah, First Reform would be a disaster if it won. Although I will say, of the other things on the the list, it is at least written. So I... (laughs) (laughs) They at least wrote something. (laughs) Right. If it had to win, I, I... I would let that happen rather than have a couple other things win is what I'm saying. Yeah, um, it's it's probably like the, the my third choice on this rank list. <laughs> yeah, it's the lowest praise I can give it. And the fact that it's getting any praise from me is really a miracle. So um, maybe, maybe God is real. Um, <laughs> the next nominee is Green Book, which, good fucking God, if that wins, I just, I will be done. I'll do, I'm going to turn off the TV. I'm, I'm like having so many nightmares about Green Book winning <laughs> awards. Like, yeah. I mean, my God, people, it's like, like you know, I tried it with like with so, like there are some really hated movies nominated this year. Obviously, like between Vice yeah. and Bohemian Rhapsody, huh. and um, but with Green Book, it really is a sort of thing where I'm like, what is, like what about this movie is so impressive? Like, it's like. Like, in 2018, people, I mean, come on. We have so many good movies about race yeah. in America. We don't need this. And, I, like, I know it's getting compared to a lot of other, like, white savior movies, like The Help and... Um, Driving Miss Daisy? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Driving Miss Daisy, it's like, <laughs> yikes. But, um, but, like, I actually can't speak to Driving Miss Daisy because I've seen it years ago and I did not like it. But, um, like, at least The Help had, like, something interesting going. Like, I mean, there's, like, some morsel of an interesting story there like this one i'm like really was this thrilling to anyone like it's so boring yeah i I, yeah i think i can see the argument just to play devil's advocate Mm -hmm. for half a second i could see the argument of writers and that it is a very classically written piece of uh hollywood screenwriting in that it it takes exactly the track that you expect it to for what it is and there is 
uh, skill in that. I just wish it had been used on something better. Yeah, I like. I mean, it does truly feel like you're watching an old Hollywood movie. Yeah. And I mean, like, usually I'm charmed by that, but not yeah. this time. <laughs> it's certain. Yeah, it, the thing, it like, people have said it a million times, and I think I, we've even said it on the pod. Um, it is the best movie about race from 1992, uh, for sure. <laughs> and, like, you know, I love the 90s. Um, but, you know, we're older now. Things, we're grizzled. We're, this is, we're the Mad Max Fury Road at this point. <laughs> we don't have time for this shit. Um but yeah, I would I would hate for that to win. Um, I'd hate it because it would also probably mean that it's going to win Best Picture. Yeah, and that is, well, I mean, we'll be talking Best Picture eventually, but that mm-hmm. is something that I'm like, oof, like don't yeah. let it happen, America, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the reason that that's even that may sound like out of left field if you're not like a big Oscar person, but usually you want to like screen screenplay is often an indicator for a win for picture historically. And that'd be a big yikes. Yeah, big yikes. Um, the next one is Roma, which we've already shit on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's fine. I just I I think I'd have to take a look at the script and see how much of the camera movement was written into it and like sides and stuff to to really understand why this was nominated. No, yeah, I I want to clarify to people. I really do love Roma. And I mean, when we did our top ten list, it was on my like it was like number four or five. I don't know. Top right, 10. you you rated it very highly. Yeah, I love it, but it's the sort of thing. It's like you know, take these categories seriously. Just because I love Roma does not mean it's like I'm voting for it down the line. Like it's mm-hmm. like there are so many great screenplays that could have taken that slot. Yeah, I agree. Um, and uh, the last one is um, Vice, which uh, um, I don't know. I guess whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't want it to win, but um, if I if it's not gonna be if it's not gonna be the favorite and it's not gonna be Roma, which I, is really just the thing you push. You, no, you know what? I would put it third after. I can't believe I'm saying this. I put it third after First Reformed, which wow. is wow. Can you believe this? This fucking category is so bad that I put <laughs> two films I hate in the second and third spot. I truly like vice has just become more and more hated in my mind and it's funny because like in the grand scheme of things it's like one of the least problematic movies nominated for best picture which is saying (laughs) something which is shocking because it's a nightmare but like in screenplay no movie with that ending montage which like like nothing like that deserves a screenplay award (laughs) like it's like it, it is a movie that is so fucking like I'm so clever. Hate- like, look at me. Like, none of you idiots ever pay attention to the news. Like, it's hatefully smug and and in a way that feels like you dumb bitch. I, it just, I hate it. Oh boy, do I hate it. It's um, so infuriating, especially since you know, with Green Book of Bohemian Rhapsody, we're we are right, rightfully having these stories about like, these conversations about like, yeah. who has the opportunity. To or who should who should tell certain stories with Vice though, and no one's having this conversation. I think no one takes into account the fact that it's like Adam McKay has made a movie criticizing America for like not um, for not paying attention during the Cheney years, and I'm like, think of who you are, Adam McKay, and think of who you're talking to. Like there are plenty of people who are activists and calling this out who are being directly impacted by the Bush and Cheney years that you're yeah. just like. It's so rude and hateful, and I really wish more people took that into consideration because it's like that's what's so infuriating about the movie to me. Yeah, I I can't speak 
about it, but I, yeah. I won't argue with what you're saying. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's, those are, that's the, that shit show of a nomination set. Um, what would you have liked to see in, see instead? They're honestly like, the, <laughs> can, can I just read my, the five that I picked? <laughs> Please do. I really, I think you should do that every, every episode, honestly. Oh boy. So the favorite I, I did nominate and it's probably my win. Um, I, and then also Tully, which oh, yeah. I love, great, great script. Um, eighth grade, which I'm shocked to not get nominated because I thought yeah, that same. would get in. Um, Blind Spotting, which is a really clever and I think, I mean, like literally original movie that just yeah. takes so many brave risks. And, and then, it's so much about the writing, especially the dialogue and the the way that narrative is set up. That is a good call. Yeah, it's like there's like I remember seeing the trailer, and it's a very poorly cut trailer, I think. But there's mm-hmm. like moments done in a rap that I remember seeing the trailer and being like how will they ever pull this off and they do it Same. so well um, yeah. that movie is really great and then Ben is back um, which I think is such a great original screenplay and so wild and weird and I I wish <laughs> that movie got more attention like that that is a crazy fucking movie <laughs> yeah uh, you know every time I'm reminded of it I think like you know what that was good uh, it's a shame um I would throw in support the girls just because that's my bitch. I love that movie. That's um, my number six. That's a great. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I don't. Um, I'm just so horrified by the list. I can't think of anything better. I, literally any movie. I, I also preferred. think um, my number seven was Private Life. The oh, I um, never saw it. Oh, you would love it. You should definitely. Um, check it's out on the queue. Life. It is on yeah. the queue. It's. A re- I actually just rewatched with my parents, which was very awkward. <laughs> but um, no. but great movie, and I really I think it's a very very. Um, good movie, great script. Yeah. Um, that is it for this epo- episode. Um, any any last thoughts before we basically stop and record another one? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like, I mean, I usually love the screenplay categories. They're some of my favorites. Um, hmm. And I don't know why. I think, I always think back to the 2009 Oscars when Steve Martin and Tina Fey presented screenplay and they did it in, like, this very funny way and that just made a huge impression on me for some reason. But, um... So, you know, I'm a little sad to see how weak original is. But, you know, there there is some – there's a chance to do good here, Academy. Let the favorite win. <laughs> yeah. Do the right thing. Don't give it to anyone but the favorite. I yeah. implore you. Um, hope you're listening, Academy. Kisses. Uh, all right. That's, that's it. XO, XO. <laughs> Tune in in a couple days for our next one. Uh, we're going to be even crazier on it because it's going to be later in the night. Get hyped.